This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Two, 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 two. One, 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 two. Perfect. Right. Then we'll hit record on here. <coughs> that recording. And it goes a bit like... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to start the show and then I did a little burp. <laughs> did a little burp. Even by our standards, this is. The Cultaholic Classic! All of you, as the other Cultaholic lads, get ready for a trip to Saudi Arabia. We are here via the Icapro powered DeLorean, back somewhere far more terrifying and far more disrespectful to women. 1995 in the World Wrestling Federation. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell. I'm with the mulligan to my own hair. Jack Atkins, Jackins, how are you doing today? I'm positively wonderful, how are you? I'm positively exceptional, I'm stupendous. Yes, our alibis are intact. <laughs> I was at Mulligan's. No, I was out of hers. Yes. Um, I like how many American uh, viewers, subjects, uh, folk are learning about Mulligan and O'Hare through this. <laughs> They're not learning about Raw from 1995. Never mind, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but they're certainly learning about the wrestling. They're learning about the mulligan and the O'Hare. I mean, the, the UK's premier folk duo, aren't they, after all? They are indeed. And I would imagine that we are one of many hundreds of podcasts that are probably covering it somewhere massively, maybe. Yeah. Why is there not like a... Is there a Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer podcast? I know, I know, obviously, Jim Moyer does one with Jules Holland. Oh, I've seen... Bits of it on his Instagram. I didn't realize it was a podcast. Yeah. Podcast. So they, yeah, they. The, in the, the theory is that they they pick up guests and they just drive around with them. Yeah. I don't know whether it's a, a metaphorical drive or a, a literal drive. They talk about songs they play on the road. And I stuff. can't imagine Jules Holland being good on a podcast because he's going. He's Bruce. He's Bruce Forsyth playing boogie woogie piano. That's that's. that's <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the Jules Holland's Jules Holland experience. And every so often he'll just go, Christine of the Queen! <laughs> Please welcome Keen. <laughs> so he does one with Jim Moyer, aka Vic Reeves. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Atletico Mints, which which I discovered is this is a, a, a sad impression of, which <laughs> I didn't know until I heard it recently. Yeah. <laughs> Not even sorry, mate. No, it's 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 the gold standard of podcasts. It certainly is. Yeah. It certainly is. Uh, we are. How are you, by the way? Before we get into nine nine five, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, can't complain. You all right? I am. I'm all right this time around. And any 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 news um, from the from the world of Jack Atkins? Jack. <laughs> well, it's it's it's. It was an odd weekend. Okay. Right, so Saturday night, Sean just goes to me. There's a surprise coming for you tomorrow. Oh no. She's found she's found it, hasn't she? Yeah. Found your burner phone. She has, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm mainly out on bail thanks to <laughs> Tom giving me his life savings to get me out. No, she said there's a surprise coming for you tomorrow. Knowing full well that I hate surprises. Really? I hate them. Can't stand them. Oh. Uh, they give me great anxiety. Oh. So she was like, it's coming tomorrow. I was like, don't tell me that. It's like if there's going to be a surprise, I like don't tell me at all. I'd like, yeah. Just, so it just bang like as cream egg. It's like oh, I don't even like them, but thanks. Or it's <laughs> a great surprise. Or That's tell good. tell me a week in advance so I can mentally prepare. So Sunday comes and she's like, right, surprise, surprise is coming soon. It's like I don't like this. I don't like this. Doorbell rang. She went, better go get that. It's like oh, I don't like oh, this. No. Heart pumping out my chest. Go downstairs. My mate Phil from back home. I was like, oh! hello, Phil. And he's like, how are you doing? I was like, well, oh, it's lovely to see your face, but fucking hell, just oh, tell me next time. Oh, <laughs> so, lovely. Yeah, he, he, was, he was doing some work in Durham yesterday, so um, Sunday we watched football, ate burgers and hung out after I calmed down. Oh, that's lovely. So it was, it was lovely, and afterwards to Sean, I was like, that was really lovely, thank you, but oh, Don't God, really yeah, I can't take it. Have you ever been a surprise? Yes. Um, an unplanned surprise. I terrified my sister. I wasn't even surprised my sister. I was surprised my mum, but I terrified my sister. Uh, I used to live in London a decade or so ago. And one weekend I was visiting my then girlfriends. We went to see her mum in like North Wales. Mm. And it wasn't too far from home. So I just went, I pay for petrol. Run, run us to my brother's house. And I text my brother saying, right, is everyone there having a dinner? I'm coming around, don't tell anyone. I text him saying I'm outside. So uh, he opens the door and I come in and just go, hello, mum. <laughs> like a, like a, like Grant Mitchell. Hello, mum. I bet she love that, though. Yeah, I'm the favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's tough to be the favourite, isn't it? Yeah. I like, be, I like, I like being the favourite. I like being a surprise as well. Sunshine's out of my ass. <laughs> it's gross. I, I was going to say, kids, pro tip, move away from home because if you're the favourite, if you move away, your, your legend grows in your parents' oh, hearts. Yeah. The, pro, the prodigal son, exactly. I called recently. Yeah. Prodigal son returns home. Yeah. Yeah, because I went back home for the weekend, and it's just like, whoa. And it's like, it becomes like a revolving door of family popping by to say hello. Yeah. And, it, and you know what? I'm a really good get-out-of-jail-free card for my brothers. Both of them are um, in, in long-term relationships. They've both got kids now. Um, at least one of them is married. And um, when I'm back, and I said, let's go for some beers... Like if they say like oh if they'll be you know be on by this time yeah like I'm the get out of jail free card it's like oh they or if it's like oh I'm gonna pop out tonight I know I was at last night but Tom's home yeah and he's hardly ever home yeah and like, I always I'll go on then I'm the get out of jail free card if you want to stay late at the pub Tom's home <laughs> yeah but Tom's home I was so. your trip home by the way I was lovely yeah. honestly it was lovely it was just like first time I'd been had had chance to go home this year 
Mm. So it was just nice to go and see everybody, get to see, uh, get to spend some time with my dad, went for a few booths with my dad, uh, got to spend some some quality time with my mum, which was always really nice. Um, uh, cause, good to catch up on gossip there. Yeah. See what she really thinks of people. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and got to go and see, I got to go and meet my new niece, which is really exciting. Um, and I got to meet uh, my other niece. And my, I, got, not, I got to see my other niece and my nephew as well, yeah. who were just growing up at an alarming rate. And uh, it's it's terrifying. It's so, uh, that's the bit that sucks being far away. Yeah. But then I, I'm trying to be the uncle that every so, every time he comes, turns up with presents. So you're so fun uncle Tom. Fun uncle Tom. Yeah. Or, or Stom, as my niece calls me. Stom. It's Stom. Because everyone goes, <laughs> look, it's Tom. It's Tom. And so she's gone, Stom. <laughs> uncle Stom. So we'll, t- we'll take that. I like that. I, I'm happy with that. Yeah. But no, it was, I really enjoyed it. It's so far. Like, I, I know I say, I say it's so far away, but you flipping lived in Canada for a while. So I can't really say that it's too far away to live in Newcastle. It's yeah. A, it's a, it's a schleb of a journey, and I never feel like I'm there long enough, but it was nice. My brother's coming up, actually. I think um, by the time this goes out next week, yeah, he's paying a visit because he's a Baggies fan. Oh. And, uh, and, and Baggies are playing Borough away. So it's an excuse for him to come up north. That's your get out of jail free yeah, card. that is my get out of jail. Oh. Mike, Mike's up. Oh, sorry, Pablo. I know we were going to watch. <laughs> we we're going to watch Antiques Roadshow, but <laughs> it's like, sorry, Alex, can I go out for the day because Mike's here. <laughs> I've got, I've got a show. I've got to go out with Mike for the day. Yeah, it's just the rule. It's just yeah. the rule. But no, it was really, it was really lovely. I've, I'm, I'm a bit crap at touching base with family. Yeah, I'm a bit crap. And but then I had a chat with my mum about this, and mum said like I'm a bit crap as well. <laughs> so we made it. We we made an agreement that we'll ring on a Sunday and just touch base every Sunday. Which we don't, which we've never agreed, we've never had an agreement like this before. So, like, even if, and she says, like, yeah, but nothing ever happens around here. I said, well, then we'll just be a short one. Yeah. It'll be a short phone call just to go, I'm alive, are you alive? Yeah, we're good, good, good. Yeah. Which, uh, is, which is nice. I do that call on my mum. I'll just be like, I'm just on my way back from the shops. Are you all all right? And she's like, yeah, I've had shepherd's pie. I'm like, cracking. See you in a week. <laughs> <laughs> Catch up next week. I'll ask how the shepherd's pie was. <laughs> But I always feel better for being home, so it's nice to, to nice to have gone home and seen everybody. Let's go back to a time uh, that uh, you and I may know, 1995. When, when we both lived at home? When we both lived at home. Mm. I was 11 years old. I was uh, playing Sonic the Hedgehog, as opposed to now, 38 years old, where I stay at home and play Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> It's I a w- different home, at least. At least it's the home I'm paying for. I was seven years old. I was playing Rayman. Oh, nice. And now I am 33 years old and I play Minecraft, so I've somehow regressed. You regret? Yeah, because you... I don't know whether we talked about this on on the show or not, that your your new chill-out technique is Rayman. No, Minecraft. Sorry, it was like Minecraft. Sorry, I wish no, it was Rayman. Rayman. Oh, I wish. <laughs> music, fantastic. It is good. Yeah, Minecraft is your new chill-out. Yeah, because... Uh, if if we've mentioned this before, then you'll already know. But if we haven't, then this is brand then new. then just press plus press, 50, press press plus fifteen until we're done. Yeah. Um. So me and my friends started playing it last year, or maybe twenty twenty, um, during all the lockdown stuff. Because we're like, wow, well, we need something to do. We're bored of just playing like, Destiny and GTA and just shooting things. Mm-hmm. And because we're all in our mid thirties now, it's like right, we need, we just we've got an hour here or there. Let's play. And we thought, do you want Minecraft? And we yeah. just all, all made little made our own little bits and they all buggered off away from it because Minecraft's one of those games you play it non-stop and then you bugger off mm. but for me because it's just me on my own now I'm just like this kind of curator of the world so I'm just going around tidying up and just being like right change I'm a that. god basically yeah I'm just going around and being like right just tweak that it's just it just chills me out just put it on for like half an hour while I'm waiting for my tea 
Well, waiting for me to, because I never cook <laughs> <laughs> as a white man. No. Uh, <laughs> um, I was saying this for Sean yesterday. He's like, oh, I never cook tea. And she's like, yeah, but I do all the laundry and tidying up and stuff. So mm. I, I, get a, I get a pass. I occasionally make tea. I make a very good hamburger. Hamburger, Ooh. beef burger. I'm not American. It could be, yeah, but Americans have to know, because if you say beef burger, they won't know what it means. Over there. But so you have to burger. say soccer. Yeah. <gasps> That's how they know. And a ruler. <laughs> And um, there's, there's zucchini. Oh yeah, because yeah. they got they got a weird name. They as if they're not listening. They've got <laughs> a weird name for coriander. Yeah, you are. They call coriander like skibbity wobbity bob. Oh shit! Cilantro, cilantro, and arugula is rocket. Just call it coriander, you. <laughs> you, cilantro's rocket. What have you got on your salad there? Rocket. That sounds cool. That sounds yeah. even cooler. That's how to make salad cool, kids. Yeah, that's how you get the kids eating salad again, America. Yeah. This week, though, in the charts in America, <laughs> uh, all kicking off. Uh, well, this is where we take a little look back at the real world before before Jack Atkins shows us what was happening in the wrestling world in a uh, week commencing November 27th, 1995. So, uh, in the US music charts, it's finally happened. The streak is over. Mariah Carey Fantasy is off the top spot after two months, I think it was. Just forever. Great song. Great song. Great song. L- like, went the distance, knocked off. Hey, you know what? No shame in losing to Whitney Houston. Uh, the song, though, strange one, Exhale, which is from the movie Waiting to Exhale. Can't say I know that one. No, but it was good enough to knock Mariah Carey off the top spot. Yeah. Uh, in the UK, I believe, Slash, Up on the Roof by Robson and Jerome, still hanging in there, top I mean, of the charts. Time's not remembered the Robson and Jerome experiment as fondly as... Fantasy by Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like Calabro, but with actors. Yeah. That sort of thing. <laughs> uh, UK box office number one is, is GoldenEye. God, yeah. It's uh, Pierce Brosnan's first outing as Bond. Brand new US box office number one. It is Toy Story. Oh, my it's word. It's here. Seven years from conception to completion, which meant this, this completely computer-generated movie started production in 94, 93, 92, 91, 98. 1988. That was the year I was born. Yeah. Yeah. They started that film yeah. in, the, in the late 80s. And it even now... Holds up oh, God. so well. I vividly remember going to see it. Went to see it with my mum. Mm. And I was amazed. I remember being really excited leading up to it because as you are when you're kids, yeah. all the kids' TV shows, like, look at this. The fucking 3D. It's, well, it's not 3D, but compared to flat cartoon bastards, <laughs> 3D. Randy <laughs> Newman's on the soundtrack, kids. Come on. I was like, yeah, I'm game for this. And I watched it and it was just... Oh, Amazing. Great film. Great film. Fun fact, I learned this whilst researching for today. Uh, Woody was meant to be a ventriloquist dummy. And Buzz was meant to be a tin soldier. I like tin toys. I have a phobia of ventriloquist dummies and porcelain Do you? dolls. So I wouldn't have watched it if it was... Oh, yeah. where'd that come from? Uh, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an in-between thing. I saw Child's Play or bits of Child's Play when I was very young. Oh, that'll do it. So I'm just like... Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, no. I'll pass on that. No. Uh, but we'll have no doubt more to say about Toy Story as weeks go on because it's about to hit the, the toy mark, the toy shelves in a big way as well. Yeah. Uh, new video game released this week is LucasArts uh, adventure classic, The Dig. Remember The Dig? I don't know that. Remember though. The Dig? <laughs> See, Remember I've, video games? Uh, some of my friends with the big, like the LucasArts fans, yeah, uh, um, Day of the Tentacle, Monkey Island, all that stuff. But I've never heard of the day. Uh, inspired by an idea originally created for Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories series. 
So in the game, the player takes the role of Commander Boston Lowe, part of a five-man team planting explosives on an asteroid in order to avert its collision course with Earth. Discovering that the asteroid is hollow, Lowe and two of his team are transported to a long-abandoned complex filled with advanced technology on a strange alien world. Lowe and his companions must utilise xenoarchaeology to learn how the technology works, discover the faith of the alien race that built it, and solve other mysteries to find a way to return home. So it's Armageddon meets Prometheus. Yeah, with a bit of mist. Yeah. M-Y-S-T mist. The, the, the classic PC adventure. General consensus was it was a, a, it was a good game, quite, an, quite a different to what LucasArts had, LucasArts had offered before uh, because it felt a bit like you were playing mist. Uh, many said it was too difficult. Yeah. It, yeah. It's... Yeah, it, it does sound. It sounds a bit heavy for a LucasArts mm. games just straight off the bat. But. Also, this week in the video game world, oh, come on, uh, at the seventh uh, annual Nintendo Space World Software Exhibition in Japan, Nintendo unveils a playable version of a piece of hardware they're currently calling the Ultra Sixty Four. Thirteen games were demonstrated, but only two were in playable form. That being Kirby Ball Sixty Four and Super Mario Sixty Four. I've never heard of Super Mario 64. <laughs> it must have flopped. It must have been... No, I can't imagine a world of a fully 3D Mario, me sitting on the floor, vividly remembering playing it for the first time, hearing him say it's a me and Mario, and going, Fucking hell! <laughs> it sucks! Charles Martinet has already cashed a check from this particular bad <laughs> Yeah, oh God, I love Mario 64. I get another it's game great. that still holds up. Still stunning. Yeah. Still really good. Like it, like it paved the way and in a lot of cases still outshone games that came after it. Just, I remember playing, beautifully done. playing it for the first time. I don't think I actually went into a level and threw, threw a painting for like an hour. Because we used to have the video shop by us and get it out for two quid for the weekend. Hmm. Rented it out. I was just like, oh my God, just running around the Mushroom Kingdom yeah. and just being like, I'm going for a swim. It regenerates my health. Okay, I can do a backflip. There we go. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! It was just him chatting all the way through. It just felt like it was. It just felt like you were in something special. Oh, it's so good. It's so very, very. I really want to play now. Oh, that's. I'm, 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 I'm put on the. Um, there's a dry, dry, dry docks music later. Ah. Uh, the one that's playing right now. The, it's the, that is a gorgeous bit of music. Yeah. Dry, dry docks theme. The whole soundtrack was really good. Mario Especially when you go cool. Metal Mario. Me, like eight years old, oh. flipping the table and punching the microphone as well. I got too excited. Damn you, Mario. Was it there was a bit in Dry Dry and that there was the music was quite incidental, from what I recall. Cause it cause like games would go on to do this like in a much grander way, like Red Dead Redemption, how the music is sort of designed to yeah. like match the mood wherever you are. But I seem to remember, mainly with Dry Dry Docks, that there'd be a bit of the level that you'd reach and suddenly you'd have like a like a little drum and drums over the top. Yeah, and, <laughs> and if, I'm pretty sure as well, if, if you paused it as well, it would play like a more stripped back version and stuff. Very likely. Yeah. I don't recall, but very likely. Oh, Music me. was all very, very good. I'm going to I'm gonna have to get my N64 out and play it. Also this week, Operation Desert Storm officially ends. And I realise, in putting this together, that I've written more about The Dig and Mario 64 than Operation Desert Storm. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's had a greater impact on our life? Mario 64 or Operation Desert Storm? I ask you. I was, um, I'll, the one thing I'll say about Desert Storm, so it got mentioned to me on the radio the other week because I ended up covering um, the late show on Radio Newcastle 
and we did a phone in because this is out there. So I'm not like speaking out. Of we had a phone in where we said, "When have you faked an injury? Tell a story about when you faked an injury." And a guy rang up to say that he'd faked a concussion the day before his wedding to get out of getting married. That's <laughs> cowardice. That <laughs> even even admitted to say he was he was a cowardly thing to yeah. do. And and he said like a, he, he said about three weeks later he was relieved because he was sent out to to Desert Storm. <laughs> and he, he he said I was so delighted because it got me out of it completely. Then and then they end up separating, going their separate ways and stuff like that. But he mentioned the fact that he he said I was probably he said I was probably the only happy person, the only person happy to go out to Desert Storm. <laughs> so he got out of getting married. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I've I've never faked an injury, but I've faked an allergy once. What was the story, Morning Glory? So in year five, we were having like an end of term party and everyone brought in bits of food. And my mate Adam Scoville, shout out to Scoville. Adam Scoville. The old Scoville level. Yeah. He's a hot boy. Still speaks to him. He was in Newcastle last year. And oh. had, a, had a little pop into a pub. When you go out to, for drinks, is he on the Scoville scale? <laughs> That's one for you, kids. It's uh, it's like the Bristol stool scale, but slightly <laughs> But he, he brought in loads of carrot sticks because he was just banging to carrot at the time. He was like, yeah, <laughs> carrot. And our teacher was just like, yeah, everyone's got to eat some carrot. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to eat any fucking carrot. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to carrot. And my teacher was like, oh, is it the carotin you're allergic to? And I went, yeah. <laughs> just because as a kid, I hated carrot. Now I'd love a bit of carrot. But, but is a, that something that you'd had to be mindful of? No, it was one and done. <laughs> right, just in case like they tried to catch out one day and said, here's some carrot cake for everybody. Yeah, I love carrot ah! cake. Well. It's not real carrot, it's a little marzipan one. It's a marzipan. <laughs> I'm not allergic to marzipan carrots, they're fine. <laughs> so, Cheeky devil. Yeah. Nicely done, nicely done though. Yeah. I don't know if I, 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 I'm sure there was just... The reason I told the story anyway was because I was going to go out for a drink with a mate of mine and he'd said, look, when we go out, can you not put any pictures of us online? And he said, because the running club that I'm in, I've told them I've, I've sprained my ankle. Oh, right. And, I, and, and I'm resting, which is why I haven't been for two weeks. So if they see me out on the two, I'm going to be in both. <laughs> I was like, I'm proud of you. I was going to say, talking of um, leg injuries, how are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? We're back up and running. Yeah. Not not, not running, but we're, we're, we're walking briskly. Up, up, up and brisk walking. I walk, I've walked into work today to do this, and I shall walk home again. So we're, we're, we're back. Like, yeah. it's still a little bit of niggly pain, but I don't need the cane anymore. So that's good. Just a bit of radox in a bath. You'd be right as well. Yeah, I had some lovely radox baths to help me. To help shake it off, but uh, yeah, it only took a week, and we're we're back <laughs> up. It's 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 scabbed over, lovely, delicious scabbing yeah. going on, mm. delicious scabbing. Mm. That's why we call you Scabby Roslyn. That's why they do call me yeah. Scabby Roslyn because yeah. I had sex with Chris Evans. Yeah, she may not have done. I know they were. <laughs> They might have done, because they did Big Breakfast together. Who knows what was going on in that house? And if they did, then that's fine, as long as nobody was hurt in the process. I mean, Paulie Yates was like, oh, I'll have the better do interviews on, I'm off out for a bacon bomb. Paulie Yates, who has... No, it wasn't Paulie Yates who was who did it. It was on It was on that show, on The Big Breakfast. It was on the bed with Denise Van Outen at the time. Holds the distinction of being the final place that Yoko <laughs> Zuna was interviewed. Which is amazing, amazing little trivia fact. That's great, isn't it? The fact that there is a clip of the Big Breakfast on the WWE Network 
Oh, there's actually the clip. They have it. a clip on the Yokozuna documentary. They have a clip of Denise went out and interviewing Yokozuna on the bed. Oh, wow. It's amazing to see the big breakfast on the WWE Network. It's so good. I used to love that. I used to love the big breakfast. Oh, it was brilliant. It was it? just like those kind of 90s shows that like you watch the big breakfast and you think, oh, that'd be great today. And the one I think about a lot is TFI Friday. As yeah. a kid, not really understanding it, seeing bits and be like, what, I'm a brother and his mates before they went out because they're older than me. Be like, bit of TFI Friday, then we're going to the pub. Like, mm. lads, 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 lads. Yeah. It's a great show, TFI Friday. Well, Chris, again, it's a Chris Evans-led project. He's yeah. just got a nice... Uh, this is the UK Chris Evans, not the actor who played yeah. uh, Captain America Chris Evans. This is a different Chris Evans. This so is America's... If Americans are confused about what that at the Big Breakfast is. Before Captain American, uh, Captain America's Chris Evans was a thing. People was like, oh, yeah, Chris Evans is in the Avengers. Everyone was like, what? <laughs> yeah, the ginger lad from the radio. The fellow that everyone hates, <laughs> even though he's really good at his job. But he did a show called The Big Breakfast. He was the host of a show called The Big Breakfast, which was um, a live show on Channel 4 inside like a massive converted house. Yeah. And it was done as if like you're popping around their house for breakfast and that you'd have interviews and stuff happening in different rooms and set guests singing in the garden. It was yeah. a massive production and it was just always very wild yeah. because it was live and it was great fun. It, like in the way that in the late 90s, Vince McMahon caught the zeitgeist for the Attitude Era. In the mid-90s in England, it was, well, in Britain, it was it was Chris Evans. He just got the zeitgeist of like, right, we're coming out of like the kind of gloomy Thatcher years. We're on an upswing. We're about to go into like new labor and prosperity and that. He's just like, fuck it. Young, young, young people, the youth. Youth, the youth. Youth. Just having fun, having a pint. That's fine. Just all that kind of stuff. It was the youth culture, wasn't it? Yeah. Youth culture, uh, which was which was probably prominent in 1995, where we are today. Yeah. So just to, to steer the ship... Back on people. Roughly into the direction He's of Raw. He's pro. Um, <laughs> thanks very much. I sometimes am. Um, Jackins is going to go through. Those are the real world highlights from this week in the wrestling. <clears throat> this bloody week in the wrestling. Um, let, Jack's going to go through some of the wrestling world highlights from this week in the wrestling. This bloody week in the wrestling. This, this, this bloody week. This bloody week in the wrestling. So we go to the Wrestling Observer newsletter and good old Ravy Dave Meltzer on the newsletter dated December the 4th, 1995. The way you like it, where it used to be. Yeah. Smoky Mountain Wrestling, no longer on TV as it's closed shop after a oh. four-year run. So, yeah. End of SM dub. There's a, apparently the announcement was made to wrestlers during intermission at the house show on November 26th. Uh, by Jim Cornette. He said that barring a miracle, it would be the group's final show. So at the end of the show, in a symbolic gesture, after the main event, all the faces and heels joined in, including the heavenly bodies. They attacked Jim Cornette and left him for dead <laughs> in the middle of the ring. Um, That's how you want to go out. Yeah. So basically, it was just... I'll, I'll, I'll clip this down, but um, Cornette couldn't see any real chance for a significant turnaround because they, they were just bleeding money. Uh, he'd used his best ideas. He felt the wrestling environment which he believed was in the worst shape in history, was only going to get worse. And he later did say that he chose the wrong time to start a wrestling federation because the business as a whole was in recession. Yeah. It was a tough time. I mean, it was, I mean, Ted Turner was getting into the wrestling business. But yeah. They had like tanks of money yeah. driven in every day. Well, Buddy Landell and Tracy Smothers apparently did find some money marks who were willing to keep it going. But Cornette, like, undenarded it and he said, no, it's not worth the hassle kind of thing. He's got his gig with WWF yeah. and he's just going to stick around there. Um, a quote from Jim Cornette said, I believe I proved that people will still come to see old style wrestling. It just costs so much more to get it to them 
as in to produce television and buy time slots. So, oh. but I've, I've never, it's uh, every week I say, oh, I need to watch more Insert Federation here. Smoky Mountain's one that even as a kid, when I was, you know, reading the magazines and stuff, you'd always see it be like, oh, you know, yeah. be like Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch, who of course got the start in Smoky Mountain, New Jack and the Gangsters, Smoky Mountain. And for someone, I do like the kind of old school bollocksy wrestling. And I like most of the people involved. I think I'd get a kick out of Smoky Mountain. I think you would. Yeah. It's kind of, you're seeing people sort of going through those growing pains, a bit like OVW. Mm. How you see people going through those growing pains and trying to find their voice and search for the new sound. And there's something quite nice about watching shows like that where people are, no, it's not the finished products and people are sort of trying to find the edges yeah. a little bit before they. You know, like with NXT 2.0 now, it's like you're kind of trying to put out a polished product immediately. Yeah. I don't feel like there's that vibe of finding the sides. Like there's not that roughness to it, which would which an OVW or as the time smoking about wrestling did bring. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of the official, unofficial WWF feeder group. Oh, God, I, yeah. Because I know that um, people would go back and forth from it as well. A yeah. lot of people went to ECW from Smoky Mountain as well. There was quite, yeah, there was um, obviously the gangsters who were multi-time tag champs in Smoky yeah. Mountain. Thrill Seekers? The Thrill were they, Seekers yeah. were there. Um, Al Snow. Yeah. Uh, Al, Al Snow and Kane were a tag team. Yeah. The <laughs> dynamic duo. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, Snow Kane. Snow Kane. <laughs> Snow Kane, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, uh, so and then you had like uh, I think was it was Brad Armstrong the last Smoky Mountain champion? Pretty sure he was the last guy to hold the belt. They did some nonsense on the last show. They, they did a couple of back and forths. I did have that read that in mm. the newsletter, but I didn't put it. He was in one of the yeah. last ones because like Brad Armstrong, Terry Gordy, Jake Roberts, Jerry Lawler yeah. all held the Smoky Mountain Championship. Yeah, just to say, times. look look at this list of champions we have. I yeah, think, exactly. Yeah, so oh, R.I.P. Smoky Mountain. Yeah. R.I.P. S.M. Dub. S.M. Dub. S.M. Dub. S.M. Dub. Uh, well, you've, we were saying about, you know, 1995 state of wrestling is not great. <laughs> state of wrestling. Oh. So WWF will be ra raising the price for In Your House from $15 to $20 starting from In Your House 5. Because we said a few weeks back that the idea was lowering the price would increase the number of buys because people were like, oh, $15. Yeah. Everyone come round. We'll make it an event. We'll get a pizza, all this kind of stuff. But the business is in the toilet. Um, and Meltzer's speculating that he doesn't think the price raise will negatively affect the buys, but he thinks there'll be. He thinks In Your House Five isn't going to do well anyway because there's a weak lineup, and the same weekend as UFC Ultimate Ultimate and a Mike Tyson fight. So it's, yeah. And as he's put here, he's like the fact wrestling pay per view buys are declining already at an alarming rate, largely due to the increased number of events and so much emphasis on the Monday night television shows, which we'll see as we get into the Attitude Era. Like, especially when I was a big WCW kid. I didn't watch the WCW pay-per-views as much until they came out and I bought them. But it didn't matter. The pay-per-views didn't matter at the end of the day because everything happened every Monday because that's where they were in a fight. This is what you're up against, is that you've got, a, you've got the double hand of, like, one, you've got to promote uh, a weekly television show and get people to come back next week, next week, next week, next week, next week. But also, you've got to give reason why you should buy a pay-per-view event. Yeah. Next at the end of the month, end of the month, end of the month, end of the month. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a balancing act. And and you see WWE even without competition 
on Raw are struggling to balance that, whereby they're kind of going, watch next week, watch next week. Oh, but there's a pay for you. Make sure you watch that. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, there's a premium. So watch that and watch that, and then watch this, then next week, then next week. So like, and which means that you burn through so much. Oh God! Stuff yeah. in the process, you know, which is why I love NWA Power because <laughs> they because they there's there's less pressure. Yeah, they move along at their own speed. You have got that sort of classic vibe of we're building to this show at the end of next month. So Nick Aldis will be on this week, but he's cutting a promo. Yeah, and that's all you'll see of him. And then we'll have an exhibition match, and then we'll have maybe, maybe a contendership match. Yeah, something like. And and because you're building it in a in a more chilled way, like it means that those big events feel bigger. Yeah. Whereas now, like, um, they have to interest you in everything all of the time, little yeah. bit of everything all of the time. Watch Dynamite because it's a surprise or oh, Rampage. There's a title match. Oh, Revolution next month. Oh, there's the world champion. Like, can I interest you in everything all of the time? All of the time. All the things. Slow the fuck down. This is why I was I'm old just now. This is why I was saying the other week if you're not interested in something, don't bash it or whatever, whatever. Just focus on the stuff you like. Watch the stuff you like yeah leave the stuff you don't I mean I shouldn't probably uh, admit this on air but I'm so out of the loop of WWE because I don't have to watch it for work (laughs) it's how before you before you light your pitchforks yeah it's how the work's divvied up here yeah Whereas some writers will focus more on WWE, some will focus more on AEW. But because we're all working together, we can all pool resources for intelligence. So, like, Aiden's, like, the de facto New Japan guy. Yeah. And we'll just be like, anything good happen? And he'd be like, ah, Shabbat is back. And we'll all be like, oh, well, bloody hell, let's tune in. It's that kind of thing. So we had Raw on this morning, and I was just like, who's that? Who were they? Oh, I forgot about them. Oh, but it's, it's like watching it with your dad. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh the Bushwhacker's still there. So. Yay! How are they doing? Uh, let's go back on piste. No. The Stu Hart 50th anniversary show has been in the works for a while. I'm still working on it. It's been confirmed for that same weekend. I'll headline the show. In your house, fam. I'll beat Brett for the title. Stretch him. Stretch him. Stretch him to shoot Stretch him. And then I'll become the champion. Mm. And I'll defend it against Diesel. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine Stu Hart versus Bob Backlund at this time in a stretch-off. <sighs> Four hours. Yeah. Of them just lying together. Inoki runs in slides on his back, starts booting bastards <laughs> in the shit. Get here. So, on the, there's little of note, but this card will feature Dory and Terry Funk versus Bruce and Keith Hart. Keith's getting a payday. Nice. Terry Funk said this will be the final match of his career in North America. <laughs> ah, bullshit. So I looked ahead. First of all, Keith is out and he was replaced by Brian Pillman. Nice. Second, That's not great, isn't it? Second, not only will Terry Funk wrestle in Philadelphia for ECW in 1996, mm. he will wrestle for a further 21 years after this. <laughs> forever. 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 Sticking with the Funker, he'll be filming a Bruce Willis flick in January. <laughs> As Bruce Willis. Where on IMDb. <laughs> no sign of her. Really? I don't know what it was. Aww. No. I typed I typed in Terry Funk Bruce Willis. I was going through it. <laughs> and the first thing it brought me up is one of the Bruce Willis Bruno albums because I think someone on it was called Terry and Aww. one of the songs was a bit funky. So <laughs> <laughs> So no sign of this. If you want to watch a good film with Terry Funk in it though, Roadhouse. 
just watch Roadhouse. I forgot he was in Roadhouse. He's in Roadhouse. Roadhouse. I forgot he was in Roadhouse. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, because Roadhouse is great. It's just, if you've never seen it, basically, Patrick Swayze <laughs> kicking fuck out of people while Jeff Healy plays guitar. That's a great film. Yeah. I'll tell you what I was going to tell you. I don't know why I hit you. Apologies. <laughs> Got excited about this, right? Talking to movies and wrestlers. Here we go. Um, there were there, on the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast this week. Yeah, they revealed um, a wrestler auditioned to play Max Dad mm. in Always Sunny. Dave Batista. Batista was going to be Batista auditioned to play Max Dad to be, to be Luther McDonald. Yeah, <laughs> oh. he didn't get it, obviously. But my God. That'd have been cool. See, I do love Max Dad, though. He plays it so well. Just where he's oh, like, perfect. Disappointed me again, son. <laughs> <laughs> daddy, Dad, Daddy. <laughs> the new, I got the notification yesterday saying the new series has, has dropped on Netflix. Oh. So we've got to rush to get caught up now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if we'll get a chance today because, again, full disclosure on my real world, um, Alex is off. She's been a bit poorly this last, um, last five or six days. She's fine. It's not the COVID. She's just got... Punched in the face with flu. Like yeah. She's full of the lurgy. Uh, she's, you know, she's been boring to be around, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She'll batter you if she is there. She will batter me. Um, nah, she knows she's been boring. Um, but she's but she's on the mend now. But she's she's off today. Um, and she said she texted me this morning and said, "I've n- I realised I've never seen the Star Wars films, so I'm going to watch them today." Oh, within twenty minutes, I had a message saying. Is Jar Jar Binks meant to be funny? Oh. <laughs> this is going well. Oh, Christ. In fact, we'll do a little live check. By this time, by the time you've watched this... Uh, we should be on to the, we'll, the good ones. Oh, yeah. I'll say, how, how's, the, um, how's, the, how's the Star Wars-a-thon going? Uh, for audio listeners, he is actually texting. I'm texting yeah. my good lady... <laughs> Well, that's mad because last night we watched the first half of Empire Strikes Back and had a chili, and then we were both like, oh, bit, bit tired, let's go to bed. So, <laughs> watch the second half later. Oh, she's, she's texting back immediately. Oh, God, so that's not a good sign. How's it? Uh, I'm just about following it. Okay. Uh, oh, more, t- more words coming. More, okay, words, okay. more words coming. Okay. Um, we won't. We will get to Raw in a minute, I promise. The trade negotiations on the <laughs> yeah. uh, Naboo apparently aren't going well. They're long films, aren't they? <laughs> response yeah they are which one you up to <laughs> the weird thing i've th- found because i'm i'm a big star wars guy but in my heart there's only three star wars films i'm one of those guys mm-hmm. um i get loads of star wars memes on instagram and it's all the prequel stuff because it's obviously the meme makers are the kids who grew up with the prequels and one last week like the thing underneath was like oh can we pretend the uh the sequels didn't exist and someone was like some people hate the prequels it's like who it's like People who were born before fucking 2002, the <laughs> shit. In fact, Menace is okay. Attack of the Clones is the worst film I've ever seen. Everybody says that's the it's worst. It's the worst film. It, it, like, I've seen every Star Wars film in the cinema apart from Revenge of the Sith because I hated Attack of the Clones that much. Oh. I tapped out. I just went, I'm done. I'm done. Well, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to warn Alex of that. According oh, terrible. to Jackins. If you're, if you're a youngling and you like him... Fair fox to you, but fuck off. Come on. Um, yeah. I just, look at Jar Jar. Look at the Ewoks. They were rubbish. Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking shaft. 
Actually, the text that the Jar Jar text earlier was, is Jar Jar supposed to be Jamaican? I went, no, he's a Gungan. Uh, she's like, oh, I don't like it. I, she said she's still on the first movie. She's paused it a couple of times. Yeah. I imagine her sister's rang or something. Um, and so, so, she's, um, so she's seen Brian Blessed speaking in Patois. Oh! Because he's boss Nass. He is, isn't he? Yeah. That is very offensive. Got some, <laughs> got some big names in it, like, she says. So we'll keep updated throughout the day on, uh, on how Alex is getting on with Star Wars Episode 1. I mean... I think that'll be our evening. I think, I think we might be doing Empire Strikes Back and then a chili and then probably going to bed halfway through. That's, that's the best way to do it. That'll probably be what we do. Uh, from Episode 5 to In Your House 5. Uh, so ah, yeah, yeah, look at this! The you, big books. Mate, God. You do me, you do it's behind you. You're doing me proud. I'm teaching you the way of the Segway. The Segway, if you will. Oh, this is the Segway. Yeah. I fucked it. Um, <laughs> so for In Your House 5, there's been some changes to the lineup. Razor Ramon versus Goldust for the IC title has been scrapped because mm. the feeling is that Goldust isn't over enough to be viable that high on a show this there soon. There were people in the crowd dressed like him yep. a week after his debut. Yeah. I call bullshit. Well, yeah, because they said this, though. Um, although he is going to continue to get a super push, and they were encouraged by his reaction at the recent Madison Square Garden show. More on that later. Um, the tag title match was also scrapped, so that's now Sid and 123Kid, who were originally to get a title shot and probably win the belt. They're just taking on Razor Ramon and Marty Jannetty. More on that later. And uh, Ramon Goldust match will be replaced by an Owen Hart singles match, but Melter's not sure against who. Wait and see. Mm. Slash. More on that later. Three more little bits, and then we'll actually talk about Raw. Alex just said uh, Yoda, Yoda's just turned up. Oh, fucking CG. Oh, no, he's, he's still a puppet, but he's weird puppet Yoda in episode like, Oh, yeah, weird-ass, slightly CG puppet Yoda. Yeah. I was like, what, what's wrong with Yoda? It's like, oh, well, he's not he's not dead old. It's like, well, he's still dead old. He's just <laughs> 35 years younger, that's all. <laughs> he's got a baby. Talking of Yoda, Jeff Jarrett has reached a deal to come into the WWF. Uh, but Melter doesn't know when that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> See, because he was away, wasn't he? So yeah. he, 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 he left. And, the, and we were saying last week with the Shawn Michaels whole collapsing thing, an original plan was to say, oh, Jeff Jarrett was going to yeah, bat him and get the Yeah, Jeff was going to be the guy behind it. So he's reached a deal and he'll be coming in. Is this him back in? Yes. This is him back because we haven't seen Jeff since um, In Your House 2? Right. Um where he had a he, he he had a match against Razor Ramon. I think he's like he's he's since won and lost the IC title. I seem to think. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, he was at WrestleMania 11. Yes, he was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where the kids were in his lovely like satin yeah dragon shirt thing. Yeah. And uh, he's broke he's broke away from the roadie. Yeah. They had a fallout, and then the plan was they were gonna they were gonna have a feud with Jeff and the roadie because <clears throat> on the one night he was meant to lose the IC title to Shawn Michaels. And then and then break up with the roadie and then be revealed as a fraud singer. Ah. But Jeff Jarrett went, that's gonna kill me if all of that goes in one night. Yeah. I don't like it. So they Jeff left the company while they worked out a deal. They just went, ah, oh, Sodger. Yeah. I just which I think is just I just find it really funny that Jeff Jarrett went, No, a heel shouldn't get his complete comeuppance. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the point. How I'm amazed how many wrestlers I meet don't get the concept that when you're playing a heel, you have to get your comeuppance. Yeah. You have to. Like, yes, I, Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. I've been play, I played a heel for, um, look at me sound like I'm behind, like I'm doing a fucking shoot interview. <laughs> <laughs> State of me. Like, <laughs> I, like, I know playing a bad guy, like we've not been able to do much stuff 
for the company lately, but I know at some point soon I've got to pop back up and I have to get a shit kicking because yeah. I've got one coming. Yeah. I can't just go and then not have that pay off. That's bullshit. I, that was what I signed up to do. Yeah. And it's only fair that I go out on my back. Yeah. That's what you do. Exactly. I just find it amazing the people I speak to who just go, I'm just a baddie that beats everybody. Well, what's the point? You can have the occasion, like, I think WWF go, WWE, sorry, go too far the other way. I think the cowardly heel trope's done too much. Yeah. Especially in the main event scene, mid-card scene, it's not too bad. But you can only have the occasional badass heel like Roman Reigns. You can't have too many. Yeah, the, the whole thing with Roman, Roman's winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. But the, the comeuppance is going to be magnificent it's be huge, if yeah. done properly. Yeah. And it's not Brock Lesnar. Mm. That young upstart Brock Lesnar. I'm worried it might be, though. Yeah. Because they were, they were talking about Goldberg coming back, mm. like, over the weekend. I was Obviously, Friday morning, the news broke from Sean Fightful of RossSap.com that um, Goldberg was coming back in. And I thought, okay, so maybe night after WrestleMania, Roman comes out with the belt. Here comes Goldberg, and then that's your that's your program coming out of WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh no no, it's it's Elimination Chamber next Saturday. Why why so quick? It's Chamber would have been fine without Roman and Goldberg. It would have been fine. Yeah. You could have done something else. I feel like you could have kept that for post Mania if because my dream is that they keep the belt on Roman until WrestleMania thirty nine. That's my dream. Like they they they, they hold their color with it and. And they just push him through another year as champion. And then have, like, you can either have The Rock beat him, which is an option, mm. or you've got a year to build somebody from nothing to something. Or you've got a year to get Bron Breaker ready. I think Breaker, I think a year of Bron, after he's now NXT champ, yeah. get him on the main roster, he can win the IC title, and then by WrestleMania win the Rumble. Now Breaker beat Roman Reigns. Imagine him. My, I can I can see it at WrestleMania as well. It's like, oh, what was WrestleMania gear? Comes out, peroxide hair, the chain mail. Yeah. No, no, oh no, no, because that's his uncle, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I mean, both. But if he's got the oh, Rick, if, both. the Rick Steiner singlet, <gasps> but the Scott Steiner stuff, oh. maybe an augmented reality tiger with him. Oh, you want a friend? Get a dog. <laughs> Mega, you want a friend? Get a dog. <laughs> Brain on the mind palace on you. I like that. Yeah. A bit of both. Oh, it'd be great. I know I've said it often on this, but I'm a big fucking Steiner brothers, Mark. So do it. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know what? Bron, like, I don't know what people think about Bron Breaker in general. I think he is a WWE guy. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? I am. I just want somebody to start from nothing and then get behind them and make them a something. Yeah. I really want that. And Bron Breaker, why not Bron Breaker? Why not? Why not Bron Breaker? Why not? Even people who aren't asked about NXT and think it's whatever, everyone's in agreement that Bron Breaker is mustard. Oh, God, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's Cause great. Because even like even like the, the smarky old arseholes, he's like, oh, I'm not into this, but I love the Steiners, and we've got a Steiner here being a Steiner. Yeah. Everything but name. Yeah, he's a Steiner without the without the name value as of now. Yeah. That'd be a great mania moment. Yeah. Break up in sort of Rick and Scott inspired gear. Or in a hot in the old um The Varsity Jacket. Yes! Oh, varsity jacket. Vincent loved that bullshit. And I've just, <laughs> I've just thought of something as well. Hire us, you cowards. The Usos come out when Romans in peril. Fucking Daddy Rick and Uncle <gasps> Scott come out. Stand in the aisle way. Oh my God, Rick and Scott stand in the aisle way and hold the Usos off. Yeah. Oh, cowards. The, I'm the, buying that mania twice. But they're not shoulder to shoulder. Rick's on all fours. Scott's over him. Yes. 
Holla, yes. if you hear me. Do that, you fucking cowards. Oh, oh I mean, wait, no, I sorry, I've just, just got the memo. It's, it's Brock and Roman next yeah, year as well. Yeah. Fucking do it. I would buy that. I would applaud WWE yeah. for going that effort, going that extra mile to make a new star. Make a new bastard star. Make a new bastard star from the ground up. You can do it now. It's easy. You've, NXT, you've got computers. <laughs> you've got NXT the way you want it. You can make Bron the star you want. So he's going to slide into SmackDown like a comfortable shoe. Yeah. And work his way through the roster. Yeah. Undefeated streak on SmackDown. Yeah. Roads lead to Roman. Yeah. WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood. Yeah. Yes! Give him the Intercontinental title or the oh, US yeah. title. Give him an icy title run. And like do like an options, uh, option C thing, like to do an impact. He says, right, I've got this title. He's like, do you know what? I will give this up for a shot of Roman Reigns. This means everything to me, but I want to take down the big or, dog. Or you have him lose the IC title to somebody with the help of Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like a relatively sort of big name, sort of somebody who could float into the top of the card. Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so then that sets up like the little beef beef between those two. Yeah. Braun beats Roman for the title. His first feud is, hey, I'm the guy that beat you for the IC title. I'll beat you again. Yeah. Ta-da. Wonderful. Wrestling wrestling, is easy. easy. It's so easy. It's so easy. It's it's easy. It's I mean, so easy. Not actually wrestling. That's really fucking hard by all accounts. Oh, oh yeah, the wrestling, oh, yeah, the actual like physical thing. Fair fucks, I could never do it. I tried and I'm shit. You're brilliant if you do it. And nothing but respect for the work you've put your body through. But in terms of like putting the show together, yeah. WWE, uh, you know, to, to paraphrase Churchill when he was talking about Americans, Americans uh, will always make the right decision, but only if it's the last possible option. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll make the right decision when they've exhausted all of their options. And I feel like WWE is the same. Talking to new stars, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Beautiful, mate. We don't, nobody seems to know the situation or whether or not he will return after he recovers from hernia surgery. Hernia surgery. Hi, uh, apparently surgery. he won't, not until January 1998 with the return of the Quebecers. Is that the next time we see him? Mm. Ah. But I looked up, right, and I, I went on Cage March and typed in, you know, PCO, Jean-Pierre Lafitte, WWE, to find out when he was next back. He did three dark matches for WWE in the 2000s, right? So in Montreal in 2003, on a dark match before Heat, he beat El Tornado. Nice. Uh he lost to Charlie Haas in 2008 in Connecticut in a dark match. And for some fucking reason, he lost to Tommy Dreamer in 2007 in the Birmingham NIA. Not Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham. <laughs> in the National Yeah. In Brum? Yeah. So he wasn't part of the WWE at all. They brought him over for this one dark match on ECW. What's Jean Pierre Lafitte doing in Brum? Yeah. Maggle. Um, house. He must have been living in Europe or touring That's Europe. The only thing he must have been of. nearby. Yeah. He must have been nearby. I know that some, that one in 2000, I think it was around the same time that WWF were trying out a few sort of legends on mm. the roster. There's some amazing footage on the internet. It got shared recently. I think it's on YouTube now of uh, a SmackDown Dark match featuring Earthquake. Oh, okay. John Tenter, like in full earthquake gear, winning a dark match. And it's just, it's a very surreal watch. 
because it's Earthquake, a class of the guy from the Golden Era. Yeah. With the on the in the SmackDown ring on the SmackDown set. Because the way you think about Earthquake is. You forget how fucking young he was during his main run. Yeah. He's like 26, but looks about 45. <laughs> so by the time he was 45, you know, he 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 was the age he'd always looked. Yeah, and, yeah. and still and still could go. <laughs> and they and they certainly toyed with the idea of bringing him back for a run. Yeah, then see why not? Why, yeah, why not? Obviously they didn't, but... I mean, it, as we'll see in this episode of Raw, they're not averse to bringing back fucking Brother Love. Why not bring back Earthquake? Oh, yeah, there's a, yeah that's an interesting one, the old Brother Love. But before, before we get there, just a tiny little one. Just one line from Dave, just glossed over. There was a bomb scare at Titan Towers on November the 16th, which caused a temporary evacuation of the building. Oh, gosh. Dave, is that you calling in? <laughs> so, uh... That's a worry. We've, we've gone around the houses, but... I'm glad that, glad that mental wrestling fans have been around for as long as we have. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's a mental wrestling fan. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if I'm wrong, then I apologise wholeheartedly. But, uh, uh, but that's the wrestling news, and now, officially... <laughs> Just under an hour <laughs> into the classic, oh, that's a new record, mate. High five! Uh, into the <laughs> into the classic raw review. Let's begin the classic raw review. Wrestling's fucking easy. That's yeah. that. I'm just that the Bron Breaker thing is just just bouncing around my mind palace. It's fucking easy. Call us Vince. Vince, call us. It's so. Uh, one thing I like to do in my free time is <laughs> cry softly. With Johnson in the end. Now. Um, <laughs> I I've got notes on my laptop where and I don't know what I just a weird thing I keep coming back to. Hmm. I look at the roster from 2001 and I think had the WCW buyout not happened, what could they have done with this wather thin snake bit roster? Yeah. And I'm just always and, and I just every so often I'll just dip in and I'll just maybe book a couple of roars, maybe move some people around and see what you could Create yeah. during that time, and it is fucking difficult. Well, I've spoken to it you. It is very difficult. I've spoken to you before about um, the. I always forget the name of it. The, the wrestling booker game on the PC, which is basically football magic, extreme warfare, revenge. Yes. So or um, total extreme wrestling, which is the other one. I th- I've got T W or E W R. I think I've got I've got one of them downloaded mm. to my laptop, but it won't run on it because it's the wrong operating system. But. Um, a, a, a Twitter friend, um, Andy Hamilton, he did a Twitch where he went, okay, I'm going to rebook WCW and I'm going to make them win the war. Wow. He, so he, he started with his mate and the, because obviously they've got knowledge, like in, in yeah. hindsight, so they got good people, but they had like three objectives and one of them was turn Bret Hart into the face of WCW. Oh, nice. But the end of the stream after three episodes, because three episodes in, Bret Hart went, yeah, I'm retired. And he went, well, that's, oh. that's that fucked. So um, at some point, I'd, I'd like to have a mess around with that. Yeah, that'd be good fun. Yeah. I think it's, I think, I think there's something quite fun in being able to go back and go, this is what we're working with. Yeah. How do we make it work without sort of adding extra components and without going, oh, they're not, they didn't have an injury. Yeah. Like you have to like... When I look at 01, I just go, right, Triple H is out till next year. Yes. Even though the roster is fucked. Yeah. I've, we've got to make it work. <laughs> we've got to make it. Benoit's gone. Jericho's still there. Yeah. Like, what can what can we work with? What can we work The Rock's back in the summer. And, like, with with um, with with um your mate there, looking at that, looking at Andy Hamilton's um, 
like the WWE roster from 97. You're not, it's not a bad roster. No, not at all. There's, there's, there is money in them there, Hills. Like if you're, if you're clever enough to, to present it in such a way. And because, you know, it's not real life, so you haven't got Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash pressuring you into... But there's a bit of that, I think, on EWR slash TEW, where some guys can have creative control. Yeah. And if they've got heat with certain wrestlers, they will advise you against, mm. against utilizing them, or they'll refuse to lose to them, or refuse to look bad in front of them and stuff like that. So you, you got that to play with as well, which is good. Oh, lovely job. It's good times. But anyway, let's go back to 1995. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. start the show with a Shawn Michaels video package that shows the collapse from last week. Triumphant music playing. Yeah. I think it sets the wrong tone. Yeah, because it was weird because it's a very somber-voiced McMahon. He's basically saying, mm. Shawn Michaels collapsed. It was, you know, it, this is how dangerous the sport can be. And the music's like... Yeah. So I thought they were going to go, and tonight, Shawn Michaels is back. Yeah, so it's it's their way of subtly saying, look how heroic this man is, even mm. though he's, at this time he's a fucking arsehole. But, <laughs> um, They're yeah. certainly paving the way for something special here. Yeah. Um, Undertaker versus Karma is announced for our main event tonight uh, with the urn, the remnants of the urn up for grabs, the, the chains that represent the urn, um, plus an interview with Bret Hart conducted by Brother Love. Vince is laughing about how much weight Brother Love has put on. <laughs> so um, Bruce Pritchard's back in the fold yes. in the WWF. And uh, a few things that happen on uh, house shows and stuff like that suggest that Brucey e. P has got a little bit more creative flex. But uh, more on that later. More on that later. Um, we open the show with Rad Radford walking to the ring doing jumping jacks. Yeah. He wants to apparently join the Body Donners full-time after their little dalliance at Survivor Series. Um, It's not going to be a good night for Rad, though, because he's facing all-man Ahmed Johnson. (laughs) Come to mama, Ahmed Johnson. Um, Backlund's in the crowd during this match, arguing with fans. He was campaigning the other week at Madison Square Garden. More on that in a bit. Uh, Radford uh, gets a bit of a, a bit of offense in on Ahmed, but Ahmed pretty much no sells. He does not leave his feet yeah. during this match. Uh, he turns the tide with uh, several axe kicks, uh, one of which is like a Booker T esque scissor kick, right to the top of Radford's head. It was 
I don't mm. know if it, that was the intention, but it, it looked pretty cool. The other one was almost like a brogue kick. Yeah. But very close quarters. <laughs> yeah. Like, they like both look pretty rough and ready. Yeah. But different. Definitely, yeah. Like, his offense really jumps out. Yeah. As does the delicious spine buster he hits. Gorgeous spine buster. Really good spine buster. And then a Pearl River plunge that nearly lands Rad Radford on his heed. Just proper Masawa Tiger driver. Just drops him. You see Rad Radford, his lips moving as he hits the ground. I assume he's just telling Ahmed he's fine. (laughs) I'm all right, Ahmed. I'm all right, I'm all right. I landed on my head, but I'm fine. And then then, then you get the three, and then Ahmed Johnson wins a nice uh, quick match over Rad Radford to start us off. Raw now has replays. And so we see replays of the, the finish that match, sponsored by Twix. Take a timeout with Twix. This must be a lucrative deal. <laughs> do, you want some il- do you want some intel on Twix? Oh, we yes, go please. I was going to say, because this worked on me, because I really wanted Twix. There so. you go. Great advertising. Uh, Twix was invented by Forrest Mars Sr., mm. the son of the owner of the company Mars. Mm. Um, Forrest Sr. first created the Mars bar and then went on to have his company invent Twix. Originally, do you know what Twix was called? Did it have like a space pun name? Kind of, actually, no. No? Raider. Ooh. It's called a Raider. It got changed to Twix to try and promote interest because uh, the, the Mars company wasn't doing very well for sales sort of around the sort of the, the late 80s. So it was rebranded as, sorry, the late 70s. It was rebranded as Twix. Is that why Marathon became Snickers and stuff like that? Yeah, a lot of rebrands. Which, I think, no, I think Nestle was, was Marathon, yeah. not Nestle. I know Snickers is part of the Mars group, but I... I, I uh, maybe it is then. But perhaps Marathon was Nestle because... I think it's the same principle because they, the idea that it's out, like yeah. it's the same chocolate, but if they rebrand it as something else, yeah. it's like, oh, look, new chocolate, even though it's not new chocolate. Um, it was called Raider in mainland Europe until 1991. Oh, I never knew that. No, I didn't know either. No. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I remember having a Twix in the 90s. But yeah. Maybe maybe I've, Nelson Mandela remembered it. Yeah. Nelson Mandela loved the Twix. What's the, he loved, Nelson Mandela, right? He bloody loved a Twix. John. John. Nelson Mandela eating a Twix. <laughs> Tag Undertaker in it. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's some Twix knowledge for you there. You're yeah. welcome. I, I'm a big fan of Twix, so I will. I wrote more about Twix than I did about Desert Storm. Again, what's affected our lives more? The uh, Raider to Twix scenario or Desert Storm? And which, which is more on brand for this show in particular? Definitely. Us yeah. talking about Twix or us talking about Desert Storm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What'd you make of the first match? It was a basic squash, but mm. Ahmed is booked to perfection. Oh, he is, isn't he? He's so good. He like is. you were saying, his, his scissor kicks, his axe kicks, no one's doing that at this time. His spine buster was gorgeous. Pearl River plunge and fuck off. That's all she wrote. I, I did put, because you mentioned last week that apparently this, even though this is the second episode from this tapings, you said this was filmed first and last yeah, week's the second. Yeah, there's a real hodgepodge of stuff because there's a few things um, that haven't happened yet. Yeah. Which lead me to, because I talked about a few things that happened on this episode, or sorry, on, that was recorded last week that haven't happened this week, which makes me think it's even more convoluted. Yeah. Whereby they recorded a bit of one episode to start with, then a bit of another episode afterwards, then the live one, then a little bit of the other episode, then a little bit of the other episode. Right. Like a wheel within a wheel. Because I was saying, because if it was less hodgepodgey, if this was, say, the first match after the dark matches, it says a lot to have Ahmed as the first big star coming out. 
Yes. As if WWF said, dark matches are over, but here's Ahmed. You love Ahmed. Ahmed's great. Um, mm. um, and you were just like, yeah, fucking Ahmed's great. <laughs> and I think, he's, <laughs> I think he's on television presenting him like as the show is starting. Yeah. Here's our boy. Here's Ahmed Johnson. At this point, the idea of Ahmed like going all the way and becoming WWF champion doesn't seem bizarre. Not at all, no. Like he's already slammed Yokozuna. And he's in there with Shawn Michaels and Bulldog, etc. Yeah. And he, 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 he looks like a beast with the post-match here as well. Oh, he does. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i intrigued what you think of this. So, Jerry right. Lawler interviews Ahmed Johnson after the match. And he says that Dean Douglas is going to teach Ahmed a lesson at In Your House. He says that Dean Douglas says that you were so happy about passing, was it prep school or kindergarten, kindergarten that you cut yourself shaving, <laughs> suggesting that he was old when he, when he graduated. Uh, Ahmed's cutting a rebuttal and Dean Douglas heads ringside to tell Ahmed that the road to superstardom in the WWF goes through his classroom. Ahmed says, Ahmed doesn't want to wait till in your house. He gets into the ring and goads Douglas to fight him, but the referees pull Dean Douglas away. Yeah. This seems to me like the wrong way round. Like it should have been Dean Douglas, like cheap shotting Ahmed and saying, yeah. come get me then. And the ref's holding Ahmed back from killing Dean Douglas. It's a bit of both. I, I think you shouldn't have had the refs with Douglas. You should have had Douglas run away like a coward. Because Ahmed saying, well, fuck it, we'll fight now. I don't care. Mm. Makes him look good. I did notice though, like, it, like after King was ripping Ahmed on behalf of um, Douglas, King did kind of before that say, Ahmed, you looked really good, but Douglas thinks you're a tit. And Douglas mm. comes out saying, Ahmed, you look like a star, you're boss, but I think you're a tit. Yeah. So everyone involved is basically saying, it's the old WWF trick saying, look at this guy, he's amazing. Even the bad guys think he's amazing, but they just want to beat him. So yeah. everything they're doing, even though you said it was a bit skew if with having <laughs> Douglas look like the valiant, I'm going to kick your head and guy. They're but, protecting him. There's a reason why he wasn't getting in the mix though. He's injured. He is an injured mm. man. Uh, the Observer says, Dean Douglas is now out of action with a disc problem in his lower back. This is the second injury that he's had since he joined the WWF. It's not looking great. He was hurt at television. It made it was made worse in a match with Savia Vega in Philadelphia. The commission doctor wouldn't let him wrestle at Madison Square Garden. And since he's already given his notice, citing that his wife didn't like him being on the road so much, the belief is he is done with the exception of one pay-per-view job for Ahmed Johnson. And that little line in there was news to me. Yeah. He's already given his notice. Douglas is already gone. Well, we were saying last week that he was hanging around backstage at ECW. And we mm. know. With hindsight, January 1st, I think, 1996, he's gone. Cut my fucking music. Cut my... Fuck Ric Flair! Fuck Ricky Steamboat! Fuck everyone I worked with! Fuck. I do love this, the franchise, but... I mean... If, 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 if everyone if everyone thinks you're an Obed Shane, it may be a little to do with you. I love you, mm. but... But... It goes two ways. There's a little bit of believing your own press releases that yeah. comes with Shane Douglas, but yeah. he's away. So, like, we are going to see the the last shout of of Dean Douglas in your house. He from because, like you're saying, this era is mainly brand new to me. I just always assumed that he was gone after dropping the title to Razor. He's stuck around a mm. little bit. He's not done anything of note, but because he's, he's so because he keeps getting injured. <laughs> yeah, every time he's kind of making a little comeback, he gets injured again. Yeah, um, but yeah. So this will be this. Yeah. So you're forgiven for thinking that. Yeah. Because pretty much after like winning the IC title, then losing the IC title, he just it just drops. Yeah. So, but he's gonna he's gonna make Armin look like the boy 
on the way out. Jerry Lawler's eating a Twix at ringside. <laughs> well, he's holding it and going, ooh. <laughs> he's got a mild of Twixes on his desk. A lot desk. of Twixes there. This is a very lucrative deal for the WWF with the Mars Corporation. Let's hope the uh, we get a lucrative deal for Cultaholic with the Mars Corporation for how much oh, we've said. Oh, I'd Twix. love a sponsor with chip with Twix. Mm. I'd have no issue selling out. No. I said this ages ago. No. Someone said, if, if, so if someone gave you a million pounds to say Coca-Cola was good for you, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Give me the check and then give me the Coca-Cola. And then when it clears, as long as there was no like contract clause afterwards, it'd be like, you know, in, in moderation. <laughs> e- even the cookie monster now says that cookies are a sometimes snack. So Cookies are good <laughs> in moderation. <laughs> he does say that. Yeah. Um, we have another VT about Shawn Michaels that we throw to from here. His recent medical issues, uh, which which was in, which was which began with the battering at Syracuse. We're now up to nine thugs. Nine. Beating up a solo Shawn Michaels. Oof. No mention of Bulldog struggling to get his seatbelt off, stuck in the middle of the car. Shawn, man. Oh, <laughs> no, mention of, no mention of Shawn Waltman throwing karate kicks. <laughs> Shawn, man, block. He's, he's punching you there. Kick, punch, chop, block, Syracuse, man. If I could get out, I'll, I'll have you, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog's the true hero of Syracuse, not yeah. Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Uh, it's a, and then the voiceover suggests that uh, Shawn Michaels suffering from post-concussion syndrome, uh, which he suffered as a result of continued in-ring action following his injury. They even highlight some of the places where that would have happened, a powerbomb from Sid, a leg drop from Yokozuna. Yeah. So this has been masterfully played. And I don't know whether it was deliberate. I assume it was. Judging by the way that it's all been orchestrated and then the sudden collapse is like yeah. he's uh, he's been working with a concussion. Well, I, I assume before this anyway, going into as, as they were going through 95, they probably thought, right, WrestleMania, it's time to make Sean. Mm. I'm probably thinking, right, how do we get there? And Syracuse has fallen into their hands. Yeah. And they're just like, well, not only, we, can, we can have him off TV. We can have him resting up. We can have him recuperating to make sure that he's going to be fit and healthy to lead the company when he's got the title and he's not going to fuck around and make up a load of lies about being injured. Um, but yeah, it's masterful. They must have been like, oh, Sean, you okay? And he's like, yeah, a bit banged up. I'm like, great, we're going to use this on TV. You on board, pal? And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. So, yeah. Does he come back at the Rumble, I'm thinking? He does, I think. Yeah. I wasn't sure whether we got him again before then, mm. but probably that is the case. Uh, yeah, so uh, lots of lots of love and lots of passion towards Shawn Michaels, who is set to be the new leader of the new, new generation you. in 1996. Uh, we have a tag team match next, and it is showcasing the All Japan women, along with the Lundra Blaze, uh, who teams with uh, Kyoko Inoue to face Tomoko Watanabe and Aja Kong. Mm. Um, Dedinsky's ringside showing off the new Bret Hart t-shirt. I uh, want it. <laughs> is, that, is that your, I was your just, speed, that t-shirt? I was just looking at it and I was thinking, oh, I kind of want that. Yeah. <laughs> and Dedinsky's like, we stayed up all night to make this. Bret Hart's champion. It's like, oh, fuck off, Barry. But that, I do kind of Why does that. he talk like strong sad? <laughs> he I is. stayed up all night to make this t-shirt. I would like a t-shirt and I wanted to say a holy cow. <laughs> no, it just says Bret Hart. <laughs> the cheat says it does not say Bret Hart. This is Bret Hart. <laughs> I want Pierre Lafitte t-shirt. <laughs> no, strong man, he's left. <laughs> it's me, Homsor, the captain <laughs> of the Grand <laughs> Train. Fuck me. Homsor, yeah, <laughs> my mother is a pigeon. Pishu. <laughs> 
Yeah. This guy smells like pea soup. <laughs> hey, Steve! <laughs> oh, hey, Steve. <laughs> oh, there's Steve's in there, of course. And, uh, every time I get mad, my head's a Casio keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> For kids who were on the internet in 2001. <laughs> welcome back. Just pouring out some Mountain Dew. <laughs> hey, what's going on there, the chart? <laughs> Have a trophy. Oh, hey, Coatsy. <laughs> I just said you did a great job there, Homestead. Great job. I don't forget Homestead. <laughs> oh, thanks for the children. <laughs> Remember to only eat cookies in moderation. Oh, it was. <laughs> I'm warm. I'm warm. <laughs> Hey, at least you're not a bigger piece of shit as that West Ham player to kick the cat. Oh, I'll go there. Oh, very Ooh. cross. If only we knew the media guy for West Ham, we could have a word with them. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, Didinsky plugging the Bret Hart t-shirt as the match gets underway. Right, what a game of two halves this is. Match, fantastic. Fuck me. Commentary, fucking repugnant. Fucking repugnant. I just all the to way to the point where even Lawler at one point knew. Yeah, I think I've gone too far. As, as I've got written off there. Fuck off, Vince. Fuck off, Vince. Fuck off, Jerry. They both. They both deserve off <laughs> fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> He's just written cunt next to Jerry Lawler's name. I just, I just he was a cunt during your commentary. Straight away, like because you were saying last week that Princess Diana's done a tell-all interview. Yeah, I got and a bit on that. Jerry Lawler starts making a joke about Princess Diana's bulimia. And then says about Kanoko uh, Inoue, he's like, oh, didn't, didn't Kanoko get the Beatles back together? And I've got here, one, fuck off, King. Oh, you the wrong thing to say when we're sat with the Scouser. And two, the myth is that Yoko broke up the Beatles, which she didn't. It was John Lennon because he was an arsehole. Um, yeah, she didn't but, help, though. This didn't help. Uh, she just sat there while they were rehearsing. I'd yeah. have gone shopping. Yeah, I do like, like... Gone for a walk or gone uh, for a coffee or something. I do like in uh, Get Back, where Paul's clearly gone to Linda. Do you want to come and keep Yoko company? Yeah. And then... Come fucking distract her. Yeah, and they they just sit down talking about, like, probably art and sandwiches. Yeah, but, uh, a bit of a... Yeah, the fucking commentary on this. Jesus Christ. Lola's words were, uh, when addressed, we're talking about Aja Kong, eat your heart out, princess die. There's one woman who'll never have to worry about having bulimia. And then Vince saying... Uh, about uh, now this fucking, fucking hell. hell his comment on Arja Carl, right quote I would suggest she won't be competing in the Olympics a couple of extra chromosomes she's shaped like a smo end quote and Lawla then chimes in with she's prettier than Alundra Blaze this is grim that's fucking oh, it's that's grim. fucking horrible there's a bit as well where it just cuts to a woman in the crowd Cheering and Lola fat shames her and says, Oh, she's she's uh, she's Aja Kong's American counterpart, Queen Kong. It's like, lads, fuck off. Vince then says, Oh, of course, we know Aja's grandfather is king. That did make me laugh because the way he delivered it, but the rest of the can fuck off. It's like, Remember Aja's grandfather? King. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but what I notice as the match goes on though, that Jerry Lola starts complimenting Aja Kong's offense. And and because I think he must realise actually I'm going a bit heavy here. Yeah. And 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 she was also a heel, so I should therefore align with yeah. the heel. Um, it just it it just it uh, it was of the time. Not that it excuses it, but it was embarrassing. Like this was the best match. This is actually the best match of the taping. And all the commentators are going, oh, slightly different looking women. 
God, I tell you what, my brain can't handle it. It's fucking horrible. Livid. It, it's, <laughs> oh, just grim. It's just, and that's like, right, uh, that's not even, before you fucking get on, it's not even like, oh, being woke, are you? No, I'm being a decent fucking human being. Yeah. Cool being an empath. I'd say try it, but you won't. I hate that, right? <laughs> you get, oh, you woke because you then No, I'm just a decent person who doesn't like upsetting other people. Yeah. Why is, why is that, right? Why is the arse of being a good person to other human beings considered virtue signaling? Yeah. Woke. No, I just want to be nice to people. Yeah. Why is that? If someone acts a cunt... I will call them a cunt. Yes! But if someone's an innocent person, they've done nothing fucking wrong. Or they've made a life choice which makes them happy, or they're using a pronoun which they're comfortable with, who gives a fuck? They're happy. Just get on with it. Just leave them to it. Fuck off. Nah. <laughs> as I says, agree with him. Oh, yeah? As it says on the sign yeah. here... Leave, Leave people, people alone, you twat. twat. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> right, enough virtual signal. Let's crack on with the match. So the match itself is really, really good. Really good. Like really, like, like offense that we won't see in in sort of the the regular wrestling zeitgeist. Yes. For a long time, springboard cross bodies, jumping arm drags off the top rope. <laughs> Aja Kong hitting a. <laughs> a Dr. Death Steve Williams backdrop driver and spikes a new air on my fucking head. I paused it, rewound it, tapped Aiden on the shoulders like, Aiden, look at this. Mm. Played it and he went, oh man, it's fucking, yeah. Even during that, the commentary is, is fucking insipid. Yeah. Because like they're making, a, they're talking about Princess Di. So, so if you're not in, you know, if you if you weren't aware of this, so it's it's in this week, uh, maybe it was last week, but um, the, the Princess Diana Martin Bashir interview played on BBC show Panorama. This is the Diana interview that people talk about. This is where she talks about uh, the, the the falling apart of her marriage to the Prince of Wales, his affair with Camilla Parker Bowles, and she admits that she's been in a, in a relationship with James Hewitt, and they write love letters back and forth to each other. Jerry Lawler even references that, saying, oh, I've got one of the letters here, to which Vince says, oh, read it later. He never reads it, thank God. <laughs> 22 million people watch that. Bloody hell. Jesus Christ. Raw would kill for that. Yeah. It's still an all-time record for British current affairs, watching that Prince of Diana interview. And that's what's heavily talked about here. And they mentioned something about Diana, like a, a condom advert. I kind of half picked up on this, but I was just, I, I kind of got lost in the match because it was a really good match. But mm. I heard something about a condom. Because there was, a, there, was a, there was an advert, there was somebody involved in an advert for condoms. And, and, and Vince was making the comment that, because Lady Diana has had intercourse elsewhere, mm. she wouldn't be, she wouldn't, she'd be the wrong person to have in this condom advert. And it was the way that Vince was was selling this cheap line whilst the Doctor Death backdrop driver was being delivered. Yeah, and in Vince style, where he's like, I guess we won't see her in a condom ever like that anytime soon. <laughs> backdrop driver. Oh no, I tell a lie. He said we won't see her selling condoms. Backdrop. Oh, that was unbelievable. Like, Weird energy. Bit, bit more virtue signaling. As, Go as on, signaling. signal that virtue, my friend, because we are we are we are woke blokes. <laughs> Shag who you want, as long as no one's getting hurt and it's consensual. That's a good idea. 
Just, just um, Princess Diana would be a great face for a condom advert in that point. That, like, I don't need yeah. to get Vince's point. Oh, oh she, she's had an affair. She wouldn't be a face for a condom advert. She's the exact person you'd want. Yeah. Practice safe sexual intercourses. Kiss who you like. Yeah. Just that's just do that. Yeah. And there's no just, there's no but. Just kiss who you like. If you want to kiss him on the butt as well, you can kiss him on the butt too. That's fine. Just make sure it's consensual. And as long as both parties are happy with the kissing, and then that's uh, all that matters. Hopefully no one gets hurt. Well, fuck it. <laughs> Maybe unless you want to get hurt. I don't know what you're into. Yeah. As long as it's consensual. consensual. Yeah. It's a minefield, but just do what you like. Yeah. Even in a minefield. <laughs> Shouldn't say minefield, because Diana did a lot of stuff in minefields, didn't she? Seems weird to make that cross-connection. <laughs> as as in, when you say did a lot of stuff, we mean a minefield campaigns. Well, yeah, yeah, campaigns. yeah. She didn't set up minefields. Yeah. John? No, don't do no, no, no. Um Brilliant. <laughs> I just imagined it a game of worms. Now, as soon as you said minefield, I was like, uh, yeah, like worms, yeah. Was it? it was, oh, I was thinking Minesweeper on the Windows 95 oh. PC. Yeah, because I was just thinking on worms when you just get little mains oh, and you just yeah. prod people onto them. They were going to do worms NFTs. Did you read about this? <laughs> no. The company behind the worms games said that we, they were proud to announce uh, uh, some worms-themed NFTs coming soon, to which everybody went, fuck. You are, and then they went. Yeah, fair point. We won't. Yeah, I look. I, I I am enjoying who. Um, I'm enjoying who the, the companies that are getting on the NFT bandwagon. Yeah, and how people go. Fuck no. And the 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 U-turn visible from space. Yeah. that you see from these companies going. Having given it some thought, we won't be. In, I'm barking in the NFT market. Yeah, especially for things like worms. It's like. Mm. Not to stereotype or paint with a brush, but like nerd culture is not the same as kind of like investment bro culture at all. They're preaching to the wrong audience so, completely. Unless they want the nerd culture to come in, but the nerd culture are on to you. Yeah. <laughs> wrong audience. Mm. Wrong audience. Uh, so, yeah, really fun match here. Um, Kong wins with a back fist to the future. Yeah. The old Eddie Kingston finisher. I just. Yeah, just... it, Vince ends it. To be fair, because as shite as the commentary was, near the end they were kind of going, "No, oh, we should probably yeah. be less cunts." Even Vince at the end saying, "All the people in this match deserve a tremendous amount of applause." Like, and there is support at the end, but the road there is rough. It's weird that Aja Kong, Aja Kong got the win at Survivor Series. She's got the win here. And I was meant to double check because I checked it last week, but I'm pretty sure this is the last televised women's match. There isn't. I think. I think there's singles matches next week. Oh, is there? But it's Aja Kong versus Inoue. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe this is this Alundra Blaze's last televised match then. Maybe something like that. So I think Blaze faces Watanabe after this. I think they just break it off and do singles matches, but I don't know whether they're televised or not. Okay. But I know they've got more matches coming up. But regardless. There's maybe one or two matches left until the whole thing's fucked off. Yeah. So we're, we're, that's part of the reason why Lawler and Vince were being arseholes because they were just like, I don't care about this division. It's gone. But it was the best match of the night. Yeah, Brilliant match with the commentary off. Watch it. Watch it with the comms off. They, they were pretending they were in the egg dome. They were just like, we don't care that there's like 500 people here and there's piped in crowd noise. We're going to pretend there's 50,000 and we're just going to twat each other. Good for them. Yeah. Um, we get a recap of Diesel's words from last night on Raw, from mm. last week on Raw, sorry. Uh, Vince introduces us then in the ring to the portly brother love. Vince is just loving giving these digs to the returning brother love. Yeah. So this is Bruce Pritchard in his most famous 
persona uh, of the the evangelical preacher style interviewer brother love uh, complete in like the white suit the the, the what was it a pink tie like a hot red tie <laughs> Tanned red shirt, white tie. That's it. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, like like really bad, like fake tan job going on. Like the whole drawl. I love you. This was like a, a legend return. They yeah. try to treat it like a legend return. But Vince is just digging on Bruce and his ways. <laughs> like like to the point where like we like to look at Brother Love from the from the eighties and now the first thing you wouldn't have, you would have thought of was always put weight on. You wouldn't have thought it no. unless Vince constantly drew attention because I get the. So much of so much of the WWF slash WWE is Vince's playground, and with Bruce behind the scenes a little bit more, as I'm sure we're about to mention, um, I think it's just Vince just taking great joy yeah. in taking the piss out of Bruce Pritchard's weight. Yeah, it's just it's just proper bro arena WWF, isn't it? It's yeah. just jocks upon jocks upon jocks. It is. Um, so he's back now, isn't he? He's back as a he's he's working behind the scenes once more. Yeah, well, so they recently had a Madison Square Garden house show. Mm-hmm. And as Dave wrote in The Observer, the garden show, even with a below average crowd, had more heat than usual. It was three hours of no intermission. But there was a skit where Ted DiBiase was given $100 bills to members of the audience to humiliate them, which saw people literally stand in line to be humiliated. Another interview where Backland, Bob Backlund preached on morality. Many fans got slopped after the Hunter Hearst Helmsley-Henry Godwin match. And all these lead Meltzer to sense a much stronger Bruce Pritchard influence on the booking. Mm. That's Bruce's style, isn't it? Yeah. It's still very Bruce's style now. It's an attraction. <laughs> Shout out to Steve from Stephen Larson. <laughs> it's an attraction. So Brother Love is interviewing Brett the Hitman Hart, except he doesn't let Brett speak. Yeah. He constantly asks him like whether he's frightened of Diesel, whether he's running scared of The Undertaker, uh, how he feels breaking the Hart family apart by facing the bulldog. Eventually, Brett gets sick of not getting a word in, so he grabs Brother Love's hand and holds the mic near him. Him, but yeah. holding like Bruce's arm in the process. Brett warns Diesel what he did in post match at the pay per view was cheap. Uh, he won't talk about The Undertaker for now. He reflects on losing to Bulldog at Wembley and says he'll get redemption at the Hershey Park Arena. Bulldog will find out it's a quote dog eat dog world and what goes around comes around. As Hart is about to leave, he's jumped by Bob Backlund. Gets a chicken wing on the champ while screaming, He's a disgrace. It's ah, ah. <laughs> like that. And that's how the segment ends. I really like the fact that we've got multiple people gunning for the champ. Yeah. I And none of them are Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I, I like the fact that what the painting with this, while Shawn Michaels is on his kind of redemption arc as in get back in shape, remember what he's doing it for. Bret Hart's being made to right the wrongs of his career. So he's got to avenge that loss to Davy Boy. He's got to avenge that loss to Backland. He's somehow going to have to get past The Undertaker. And he's he's basically just got to go back and revisit his career to reestablish himself. Because it kind of maps out how the next few months are going to go for Brett, doesn't it? Yeah. This, this, this series of conversations here. Um, with somebody, with you know, with uh, with WrestleMania 12 on the horizon. Mm. Um, the Observer writes, the renewed Bob Backlund push seems to have put to rest concern about the influence of the click in the bookings. We mentioned last week yeah. how uh, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and Scott Hall had all had a sit down with Vince, gone through the roster one by one and gone, they're shit, they're shit, they're good, they're good, they're shit, they're shit, get rid of them, get rid of them, keep them, keep them. And uh, the fact that the, a lot of the people that, that the the uh, the click said are good 
are getting buried, yeah. and the people that the click said their shit are getting pushed. Yeah, because like I said to you last Politics. week, brave men, because Bob Backlund would batter the entire click. Oh with my one God, arm behind yeah. his back. Yeah. One chicken wing arm behind his back. Yeah. Clatter them all. But, uh, that's, yeah, so that's, so we're getting, so we're, we're getting a little feud with Backlund and Brett, but we've got Brett and Bulldog before then. Yeah. In a couple of weeks' time. Undertaker on the horizon somewhere. Mm. Somewhere in the distance. Diesel's there, and we know Sean's coming, so it is, it's building up this main event scene nicely, mm-hmm. just through suggestion. Raw is presented by Tycho RC, Maximum Heat. A uh, little intel on Tycho. Go on. Um, they began life as Mantua Metal Products in New hmm. Jersey. They were a metalworks business founded in 1926 by John Tyler and his family. They were manufacturing scale models of die-cast metal. They became a hobby brand by, by making trains and, and planes and stuff like that. However, from 1942 to 1945, uh, they stopped making model trains and started uh, working for the U.S. Army, manufacturing precision measuring and mapping equipment for the Army and the Navy during World War II. They got an Army-Navy E Award for excellence in production, and then after the war, they went back to making model railroad equipment and trains and and toys and stuff like that. Uh, They they started making die-cast locomotive trains, uh, which were available as assembly kits. So you buy all the parts and you put them all together. Okay. So they're first sort of like toys you build yourself under the brand, uh, the Tyler Company, or Tyco for short. They are, uh, at this point in 1995, they are one year away. Oh, easy, Tiger. They are one year away. That's me bashing my microphone. They are one year away from manufacturing their most successful toy ever. Do you know what that might be? Is it, is it like a, a remote control car? Or is it something no. Like, it's not Tickles the Chimp, is it? You're very close. Who becomes Tickle Me Elmo. Tickle Me Elmo. I just remembered you once saying Tickles the Chimp and me crying. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, tickles the Chimp. Was the, but there would become, the, the, when, they, when they started working more with the Sesame Street IP, yeah. they released Tickle Me Elmo and it became their most successful toy ever. So, I mean, it's great. That's why it's a hell of a yeah. It's yeah. A, it's, it's it's when a toy enters the zeitgeist and there's uh, pornography. It's when there's pornography made about stuff is when it becomes a star. There's Tickle Me Elmo pornography. I'm sure there are videos of people dressed as like Tickle Me Elmos involved oh, in naughty okay. films. Not that I've seen per se. I know that WWF lampoon it with Sonny. Yeah. Next year. Okay. There's a bit where Sonny is. There's like a, a, a like a, a apparently a a sex tape of Sonny that features somebody dressed as Tickle Me Elmo. Well, there you go. The more you know. <laughs> uh, as Helmsley is getting into the ring, we get a picture in picture of Henry Godwin showing us his pig family on the farm. They'll have a hog pen match at In Your House, but they've been having slop matches on the road, including at a house show in Madison Square Garden. That yeah. lots of people are talking about this week. Do you want to hear the card? I would bloody love to hear the card, Madison Square Garden. So it's WWF in Madison Square Garden, uh, according to the Observer, 7,400 turned up. It didn't say how much was paid, but how many paid to get in, et cetera, et cetera. So Fatu and Barry Horowitz and Hakushi be Isaac Yankum, Skip and Karma. Wow. How many stars? Uh, Christ, one. Two and a half. Oh, wow. Very kind. Uh, Goldust, who we've established was over in Madison Square Garden, he defeated Bob Holly. How many stars? One. Dud. A dud? Yeah. Oh, no. One. What if that match put paid to Goldust's pay-per-view? Possibly. Hmm. One, two, three kid defeated Marty Gennetti. Oh, 
that's going to be four. Half a star. What? Yeah. How'd you get that wrong? Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. It must have just been like a like a quick, just an off night or something. Yeah. Or they just or, or a non match or, or something. Or, or Razor did something or maybe. Yeah. yeah. Cheapers. Uh, Big Ahmed Johnson versus Rad Radford. Oh, that'll be two and a half. Half star. Oh, jeez. Uh, Sid beat Razor Ramon with shenanigans. Three. Half a star. Fucking hell. Hunter Hearst Helmsley beat Harry Godwin in a, a hog pen match. Half a star. Half a star. That's, uh, yeah, There's. I've got a bit on that in a minute. Savio Vega defeated Isaac Yankum, doing double duty for some reason, Isaac Yankum. Two stars? Two stars. Oh, nice. Uh, David Boy, mad big diesel truck man by Dick Joe. Oh, um... Three and a half. One and a half. Oh, I'm being very polite. Tag titles, Smoking Guns defeated Owen and Yoko. Four. Two. Oh, okay. And then main event uh, for the WWF title, The Undertaker defeated Bret Hart by DQ. Three and a half. Two and a half. Oh, what a disappointing just, night. Just, yeah, apparently he's a bit of a shit night at the garden. Uh, so at the garden show, the Bret Undertaker match, Undertaker had Hart up in the tombstone. Diesel attacked Undertaker, causing the DQ. We're mm. already getting warmed up for that future match down the road with those two. Yokozuna and Undertaker brawled to the back, leaving Diesel and Hart brawling in the ring, uh, which is going to lead to some cage matches between Diesel and Hart on the house show circuit heading into the new year. Mm. Uh, Dave says, I was told Hart got the biggest ring entrance pop coming out. Undertaker got a lot more cheers during the match diesel seemed to be the crowd favorite in the post-match square how funny like it's so difficult like when you're the top baby face people don't want anything to fucking do with you yeah. you turn heel and everyone's like yeah we like you now people just want a badass yeah people just want badass like roman reigns when he was faced they didn't want suffering sucker tash they wanted him punching sheamus and vince mcmahon in the face that's true that's true so. bret hart was visibly upset apparently in the ring when some fans booed him <laughs> oh, didums. Mm. Um, even with the below average crowd in the garden, um, there was a lot of heat from the crowd. Three hours, no intermission. A skit where Ted DiBiase was giving $100 bills to members of the audience to humiliate them, which saw people literally stand in line to be humiliated. Another interview where Backlund preached on morality. Many fans also got slopped after the Hunter Hearst Helmsley Godwin match. Uh, all these all these lead me to a sent, to sense a much stronger Bruce Pritchard influence on the booking. This is what you said earlier, isn't it? An attraction. Yes, it's an <laughs> attraction. Um... Also, the Fink got slopped. Yes, he did. And I would imagine he didn't know about it. Probably Because not. Vince was, whilst he was a, whilst the Fink was an employee for life, they were cunts to the Fink. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> they smashed up his rental cars. They played pranks on him on live television. They just, like, Vince, it's that, it's that weird bro jock banter yeah. that Vince McMahon has always loved. He loves punching down, doesn't he? Oh, he loves a bit of a punch down, does Vince McMahon. Um, but it leads us to uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley taking on John Crystal next. Yeah. Uh, straightforward, no frills match, pedigree win for Hunter. Not really much to say about it, really. Unless you've got some extra notage. The only thing I notice is that Helmsley seemed pissed off because he hit a really nice um, he hit a really nice pedigree to John Crystal. Mm. And before the one, two, three. He fucking slaps him in the face dead hard and then gets I him. saw that. Yeah. yeah. That seemed a bit unnecessarily aggressive. Yeah. Not sure if he'd had a bad night or whatever. Maybe. Who knows? Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps it was a receipt. Perhaps Crystal caught him with one. Who knows? I'll have to go back and watch it. But yeah, Helmsley's just like, fuck off. Uh, update on uh, Alex watching Star Wars for the first time. She's just text me writing pew pew. There is a lot of pew. A lot of pew pew. Yeah. I will say 
there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of, of da- badges on the sink <laughs> in the film. Oh, my brain is struggling to uh, write something different to what I'm saying. My head fell off there. Um, another. So we, as as Jackins went through earlier on, um, another match for In Your House has been revealed. Marty Jannetty team with Razor to face Sid and the Kid. Yeah. And we get into Jim Cornette and Owen Hart. Owen offering an open contract to face anyone at the pay-per-view. Who's kicking open the forbidden door? Like, you in this day and age, if it was like open contract on the pay-per-view... Someone's going to face me. You'd be like, that's a debut. That's somebody jumping yeah. ship. Yeah. I don't know who we're going to get. If it, 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 but we're, we're not conditioned at this point no. to expect. Like, if, if that happened in 2022 and it was Randy Orton saying it's going to be an open challenge at the pay-per-view, we'd be like, all right, who's, who's coming over from AEW? Or even like 97 WCW. They'd be like, oh, open yeah. challenge next week. And, you know, some fucker would turn up and get squashed by the NWO. <laughs> uh, we come to our main event of the evening. It's Karma. And Undertaker, one-on-one. Or is it? Oh. Karma and Ted DiBiase head out with Karma on crutches in his business casual attire. Ted says he uh, he that uh, due to numerous injuries, Karma is unable to compete. But Ted DiBiase, no expense spared, has signed a replacement for Karma in Sir Mo. Oh. Right. Forbidden door. <laughs> That's the forbidden... <laughs> Oh, God. That's, the, that's, that's a very forbidden door. <laughs> oh, bless. Um, we send our best to Sir Mo. We know he's been poorly lately in the real world. Oh, I didn't he's know. He's been hospitalized, so we send our love to Sir Mo. Be well soon, sir. Um, but in, in, the con- in the context of 1995, right, I don't think Ted DiBiase is a millionaire at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, judging by the talent he gets for the Million Dollar Corporation, and like, I've broke the bank to get a replacement signed, it's Sir Mo, and Mo's coming out doing this. Yeah. Like, Ted, are you... Have you squandered your millions? Are you just sort of pretending to still be a millionaire? If we go around to Ted's house, is it just like a mansion? It's like the front fascia looks like a mansion. But then it falls down and Ted sat in the room just eating a tin of beans. Yeah. Please don't tell anyone how I live. Probably. Get that meat sauce. Hiding it from veggies. I just, yeah, I just find it funny that the um, the million dollar corporation is it's is crap. really <laughs> crap. It's it's you know the Ted DiBiase hosting the million dollar corporation is has the same energy as as that auntie of yours that will go shopping at Aldi but take a Marks and Spencer's bag. <laughs> Can't let anyone know that Zone Brown and all these stuff. It's like, it, no one cares. It's that same energy. Yeah. Uh, so, fuck you. Your main event is Undertaker versus Mo on Raw. 1995. <laughs> it's not gonna, I always thought we were going to get a Bone Street crew meeting of the minds there. Well, talking of which, um, <laughs> uh, a, a tweet. Thank you for this, Chris Lie MH, who tweeted in to say, I've got something to I something I'd like to bring up at the next Bone Street Crew meeting. Have you paid your subs, Chris? Uh, Chris has paid his He's subs. Paid the, subs. Yes. Uh, the, the, the floor is yours, Chris. Uh, Chris says the dishwasher isn't working right. It's not getting any warm water. I think the problem started the other day when I wanted to take a spat tobacco next to Mike Sharp. Oh, we've told Undertaker, Undertaker before about about bringing chewing tobacco into the meeting. It's we said we we got you a special spittoon like you asked, but. He hasn't used it. On the subject of the spittoon, um, we did all agree to put towards it. We did. I've 
their the receipt from Woolworths has been sat on that desk now, untouched for a week. You all owe 96p. And again, I'm not naming names, Henry. Not I'm... naming, no, I'm not naming names, Henry. No. But some of mm. you really need to pull your finger out and, you know, chip in. And while I'm not naming names, Henry, another reason the dishwasher's probably on the fritz is you haven't changed the salt. And do you know whose job was it last week? Let's just check on the, uh, uh, the rotor. Uh, uh, let's let's get the cleaning rotor for the old... Um, um, let's see. Money, 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 money. Henry! Henry! And uh, I couldn't help but noticing also, whilst I'm looking at the cleaning rotor, uh, Henry, on Friday, it was your job to uh, hoover, the, uh, hoover the, the hallway. And... Uh, I'm not being funny, Henry, but I, I walked through today and there was just salt and grit from outside where we'd done the drive all over the place. I, I, I will admit, there are a couple of scotch egg crumbs there. I was caught short and I had to eat my lunch on the way into the building. But, but here's the thing. If if he'd done his job, no naming names, Henry, Henry, if the jobs had been done on time, you wouldn't have noticed the scotch egg crumbs. Exactly. Because Henry would have hoovered. But Henry, who, Henry, you haven't hoovered. You, I'm aware how funny that is as a line. Oh. Henry hoovered. As well, everyone, if we can all chip in another 13p, we can get some shaken back and put the freshness back. One would like to put some freshness back. Mm. Talking of which, Henry, can you, can you spray some deodorant next time you're in? I'm not naming names! Henry. Thank you. Because uh, as it says <laughs> clearly on the wall, all members, members must... Tickle, tickle a long gold in Scunthorpe. There Henry, you go. Henry, Henry, Henry. Henry. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to bring up at the next Bone Street Crew uh, general meeting, uh, at Brad Atkins on Twitter, at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Just make sure you pay your subs. <laughs> pay your subs, thank you very much. Um, we take a break for the main event. We get told that next week it's Razor Ramon versus Dean Douglas for the IC title. I've just put, good luck, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, 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 Dean. I don't even know if we'll get that match if Dean's paggered. Yeah, possibly not. Maybe not. Or it'll be, it'll be full of just nonsense. Undertaker is out. Wind sound effects playing all around the arena. A smoke billows. Vince says it's bone cold in the arena. Previously, it was the Bing Master in there. Tom Campbell, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Campbell. I was a proud of myself when I wrote that. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, the Bing Master. Oh. <laughs> it's Mo versus The Undertaker in a bait and switch fuck you battle main event. Uh, Karma attacks The Undertaker outside the ring to prove it was a crap setup all along. Why was he taken out of this match if he was fine? Bullshit, innit? Yeah. I've got this great idea, right? Pretend to be hurt. We'll sign all the paperwork that gets you out of the match. I will pay hefty amounts to get Sir Mo to replace. And then when The Undertaker falls out of the ring. Hit him a little bit. Oh, we got him. Give him a dig. We got him, lads. Take a batter's mo. Uh, <laughs> Vince is adamant that Mabel is lurking somewhere. You'd know. Uh, lovely choke slam where Taker leaves his feet on the descent, which I love. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, like he like, proper gets up there. And that is enough to beat Mo. Great shout. Well done, Ted. <laughs> Great replacement. The moment that the bell hits, Mabel 
uh, makes his appearance. Mabel getting out there in a bit of a trot. Um, and Undertaker raises the chains high as Mabel's in the ring. Yeah. Mabel is about to get in the ring. And then all of a sudden, Yokozuna appears. Of course it does. And it was like he appeared. Yeah, that was. <laughs> These are not conspicuous men. Uh, no. Sorry, inconspicuous men. They are conspicuous men. They're very conspicuous. But Yoko appeared and he was squaring up to Undertaker in the ring. So it looked like we were going to get an extra match. And Undertaker hands the, the remnants of the urn to Paul Bearer. And they're about to go at it. And then here comes Mabel trotting around the ring batters Paul Bearer, <laughs> takes the chains and runs. Legs it. Legs it. Legs it. Undertaker jumps out of the ring and chases him. Yoko just stood in the ring. Like, what do I do now? What, what do we do? Oh, what God. The, what a weird segment. I got kind of distracted <laughs> by the men on a mission because for a start, I couldn't... It's going to sound weird. I couldn't stop looking at Moe's ass. <laughs> Moe's gear is purple and gold. But with a zigzag. But he's got like a gold ass with a purple W. He looks like Wario. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like a WarioWare level. And sticking with it, Mabel comes out, sunglasses, fluffy hair and a big cold cape, and he looked like one of the Koopa Troopers. I was like, what's going <laughs> Like, he's, we're in the Mushroom Kingdom, apparently. <laughs> and the other thing I didn't get. Right. So Undertaker gets back this gold chain, which is made from the end. He gets mm, his magic powers back. Powers. I thought the powers came from the contents of the urn, not the urn itself. That's like saying, oh, I need a cup of coffee to wake me up. There's no coffee in it. Just holding a cup's woken me up. It's That's a really good <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it not the contents of whoever was dead? Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that when Karma stole the urn... He didn't like. We wasn't. He wasn't diligent enough to empty the contents of the urn out yeah. and then smelt the urn. I, maybe he just chucked the whole urn in the smelter. So, so it's Im, imbued. So it's imbued the essence. Them. The essence of the urn. The end of the the the, the bits of the urn are yeah. in the chain. Maybe that's the only storyline reason I could think of as to why that is the case. Yeah. Oh. You know, no, it's fine. Um, oh. I've been asked to pick up some bits from town on the way home. <laughs> 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 I need washing pot. I need washing pods, some milk, some bread, and toilet roll. Ah, basics. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, and also uh, pew pew pew. pew. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah, that is a good. I think that's how. Like, I'm giving them far too much credit. Yeah, but I think that's how we can fuck it over. Get around it. They'd go with it. Yeah, roll with it, roll with it. Uh, Vincent Lawler sign off from Monday Night Raw this week, telling us that Dean Douglas will face Razor Remote next week. Maybe, possibly. Yeah. I don't know if that match will happen. I don't remember seeing it, but it doesn't mean that they won't happen in some weird way, shape, or form. Yeah. Thoughts on Raw this week? It was nowhere near as good as last week, but it chugged along and everything had purpose. Yes. Everything had purpose. Like we, say, like we were saying last week that you said WCW's a bit more scattergun. It'd be like... Eddie Guerrero's doing a tilt a well, but they're talking about Hulk Hogan, who might be somewhere in a monster truck, but you don't actually mm. get the payoff to that because Ric Flair's turned up. And then this, it's like, right, this is happening, this is happening, that's going to happen, this is happening. Concise, four matches, fuck off, get out, leave. Focused, controlled. Yeah. There's purpose to everything. So it, it chugged. The women's tag match was really good, though. Mm. It was really good. I just Just watching them clatter fuck out of one another if there's one match you watch from this watch that but as we say watch it with the volume off mm. you'll be you'll be glad you it's yeah it's not the uh, 
<laughs> yeah. If, if not the best on comedy. If I was watching this in 1995, that would have floated over my head. But watching it with a 2022 hat on, fucking hell. Especially knowing how WWE are just so PR focused, mm. even though they make faux pas all the time. But Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts on Raw this week? Uh, again, same as you. Like there was there was a clear focus and energy to it. I, I felt bad for people watching it, watching it, expecting an Undertaker karma throwdown. Yeah, and getting Undertaker versus Samo. Fuck you, bait yeah. switch main event, bullshine. Um, I thought the brother love segment. I don't know like what. I know they want to bring back names. I don't think it. I don't think it added anything having brother love hosting the interview. I didn't get anything from that. I've always hated Brother Love. I can't yeah. stand it. At it least just, it, it didn't go too long. It still went a bit long, but not too long. It felt like just a bit of a laugh for Vince just yeah. to have Brother Love out there going, oh, isn't he fat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was just like a bit of jock bullshit for Vince. Uh, tag match was phenomenal. So yeah. very similar thoughts on that one. Um, we'll do it again next week. What are you working on? Uh, bits and bobs, really. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of floating about. We saw the hard man list that went out. Was that your handiwork? No, it wasn't, no. I haven't had any for a while because I've been oh. working on the big boys. Oh, yeah, you work on the big boy projects, aren't Big you? boy projects. But at the moment, I'm in between big boy projects, so I'm doing a couple of little... Little scattery bits. Little flippity bits here and there. And then I'll have a word of Pachiti saying, give me a big boy. Give me a big boy. <laughs> Ooh, give, big boy. Give me a big boy. Big boy. Give me a big boy. So, uh, nice. what about yourself? Anything in the pipeline? Um, Desert Island Grab's coming up this week. It's a really, it's a really interesting one this week because um, have you seen uh, the new Ricky Gervais series, uh, Afterlife? No, I've seen the first two, but I've not seen yeah. number three yet. Um, there's an actor from that. His name is Ethan Lawrence. Yep. He's in that show. He's a massive wrestling fan. Very nice. He's on Desert Island Grab's talking about wrestling, talking about doing Afterlife and doing loads of other stuff as well. He's on the, sh- he's on the, he's on the podcast coming up. Uh, I believe, well, he should be there now. For your for your eyes and eyes to enjoy on the Patreon, yeah. For your ears to enjoy everywhere else. There's a few other Desert Island Graps guests that we're waiting to 100% confirm. So I won't say them yet, just in case they do happen. But there's some good ones coming up, and we thank you for continuing support. Oh. What we do, it's much appreciated. And until we are next together, he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at. Twitter. Don't forget to join us. And as it says on the sign, look, look out, out, mother. Here, here comes yet another, another round of, of the hot stepper. Murderer. I'm the lyrical gangster. Murderer. Excuse me, Mr. Officer. Murderer. Still looking like that. Oh, bastard. Oh, bastard. For a second there, I thought we were in Ikimozo. Got two. Oh, I am in a lot of trouble. Uh, <laughs> love you, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from.